0: Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast. My name is Paul Mann and I run the Elm Park Rolls site. So it's been a couple of weeks since I did the last podcast. Uh, since then we've been Wigan 1-0 with a Jan header, confirmed our place in the playoffs, which is great to see. We then went away to Burton that last Saturday. And we saw... Let's uh, get a few goals, make a few changes. The lorry coming in. Also Mendes starting again. Good to see three different strikers getting goals though. Obviously, Mendez getting another goal. Jan getting his eighteenth of the season, which is well that's proven me wrong. I didn't think he'd get that many goals, and it's uh, really good to see that happening. He's coming bang into form basically right before the playoffs. He hasn't seemed to be able to stop scoring yet at the moment. And grabbing getting another one, because he hasn't scored for a few weeks, so that was good. But the best goal was probably from a beater. Did he mean it? Was it a cross? I don't really care, to be honest, it went in, that is all that matters. So now we've got the uh, slightly nerve-wracking away game in the playoffs. The playoffs are things that we all love, obviously. We've got such fond memories, all those fabulous wins in the final, they're just soaked up in our memory, aren't they? We just love them as Reading fans, just incredible memories. But this time, I think we're going to do it. I'm feeling confident. Fulham was a team that I wanted to play. I know we lost to them 5-0 earlier in the season, but I think we've developed a lot since then. I think that was shown in the fact that we managed to beat them 1-0 at the Medeski Stadium. Yes, they had the last-minute penalty. Now oh, Hepsi made a good save. But I don't remember Fulham having chance after chance in that game. And I remember us having quite a few chances in the second half. That We should have done better. There was one when uh, I think Swift managed to miskick the ball when Kelly done a great manoeuvre and passed it in the, in the penalty area. I'm not sure there was other ones, but... Oh, no, Gareth McCleary. Yes, Gareth McCleary hit the bar as well, didn't he? Yes, just remember that. But I think the big difference was the formation that we played in both games. In the first game, we played a 4-3-3. It looked very open... Far too many individual mistakes. We also just played bad on the day. This is what happens. We've seen this a few times through the season away from home. And then in the home game, we made a lot of changes in the formation, which were vital in winning the game. We played really as a, almost as an away team. We played a counter-attacking style. Kind of almost the throwback to when McDermott was here, when we went up and won the league under him. It was a, it worked perfectly though because he gave them no space. I remember Vanderberg, Danny Williams, and Kelly all have immense matches in midfield. Vanderberg was, that's possibly his best game. He's had a few good games, but that was definitely one of his best ones. He just closed everything down, didn't make any silly mistakes, nice simple passing. Danny Williams' energy all the way through the match. We're going to need exactly the same on Saturday. Kelly was similar. A lot of energy, obviously a bit more in product than those two other players. He's a, technically a better player. Also, which was really good to see, was Paul McShane come back on Saturday. I think he has to play if we're going to be at beat Fulham. He was instrumental in our win at the Modeski Stadium. He was mad at the match that night. I remember that because my dad presented him with it. I think if we cut out in individual areas concentrate we don't need to win this game in the first 25 minutes we've got 180 minutes possibility of extra time in the home leg next week we need to stay calm it's a crazy environment the playoffs have we've seen even players like Liam Moore are saying it does crazy things to you it's the team with the biggest balls that are basically going to win well I think that we need to we can do that. I think we just need to stay in that game. We need to frustrate Fulham. If we get a goal, that's great. But I think the main thing is to frustrate them. I think that they're there to be taken. The teams that they have played recently, Fall and Everton, they've obviously played well. They're in really good form. There's this myth that they're the most informed team in the league when actually they're not. In the last ten games, we're actually above them. We're in first place, they're in second place. So we're not doing too bad. People seem to have forgotten that actually we're in the playoffs as well, and we actually finished above them in the league, but let's not worry about that. My starting 11 would be Alhamsi, McShane, Moore, Blackett, Gunter, Abita, Williams, Kelly, Vandenberg, Graben and Jan. I wouldn't start with Swift in this game. I think he's a really good player. But I think sometimes he gets a little bit missing in the away games, as in he's a bit lightweight sometimes. He's obviously scored some goals away from home and everything. I know all of this. But I think we need Kelly, even though he's only about three foot two. He just seems to be more up for that kind of game, physicality that Fulham will bring to this game and energy which seems to have swamped a lot of teams recently. So I think don't think we can take that for granted. We can't be having a passenger in this team. Possibly you could say you could have Popper in there instead of Grabben, I think. I think he brings a hell of a lot of energy. Quality and pass, maybe not. But he's got some potential. But Graben, we've seen he can score goals. Now he's got a few goals. He seems a lot more relaxed in front of goals. So that's obviously going to help him massively. And if you... Jan, there's not even debate. I don't think you can play Mendes in this game. But if you need him later on, you can bring him on, can't you? You've got Swift, Mendes, Popper. You've got some good players there. you can bring on. So different options. But as we all know, Woodstam, he could play a totally different team formation that we've not seen before. You just do not know. I wouldn't totally be surprised if he played Laurie instead of Blackie. I'm wondering whether that might be his plan because Laurie's obviously much better on the ball from what we've seen. bit of match fitness and sharpness maybe he might be lacking, but I don't know. I'm just wondering whether that might be going to happen. So on to the questions now they ask that have been sent in. appreciate everyone who sends these in, by the way. Here's the first one from uh, Sheche Guevara. Yapstam's comments about his future—something to panic about—or him answering a question with a direct answer. Well, that is the way that Yapstam is, isn't it? He's never going to like shirk a question. He's never going to worry about anyone else or what they think about him. This is a man who uh, says he's actually only got two friends in football, I think, or maybe one even. That's probably his own reflection. Maybe I'm not sure, but. Yapstam was quoted earlier in the week as for saying that he didn't know whether he'd still be at Reading next year. I've actually listened to that bit of the press conference and he does say, yes, I don't know if I'll be here next year. And then he continues to say, if it's up to me, I'll still be over here. So I think basically he wants to be here. Obviously, if somebody a big club comes in from, he's going to be off. That's the reality of Reading, isn't it? I don't think I read anything into that apart from can you please look at this article? It's interesting and uh, another click. I think that's about it, really. But thanks for the question, Darren. Next one's from uh, Naith, St. Paul. Is the criticism of the local media's coverage of the club justified? Are they guilty of promoting negativity and unnecessary worry? I think this is mainly and probably get reading. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I think criticism of them is fair. I think uh, it's. Whilst worth remembering that even before Charles Watts left, there was a lot of criticism about constant uh, clickbait and uh, rehashing the same story about whatever it was constantly on your timeline or. He's seeing it every, every like half an hour or so. So I don't think it's just necessarily down to uh, Jonathan Lowe at Get Reading. I think um, he wasn't necessarily the greatest when he first took over. And I don't think he's actually a sports journalist. And that's tough, totally different skill to be an actual journalist. I think he's definitely improved. But I think Get Reading as a whole, I think is basically just terrible. Terrible. I can't I don't follow it on my uh, Twitter because it's just unbearable. I don't need to know what's happening with the new KFC opening. It doesn't interest me. I don't care. You they tell me some actual news, it would be nice. But let's get back onto Reading. I think Reading Chronicle have stepped up. I think their ones have uh, stepped up with their coverage. Anthony Smith thing has been good. I think um It's a little bit unfair to say that they're creating panic or negativity or promoting it. I think that they're, they're creating stories which are there. Technically, these people are saying these things. I think they're being mis taken out of context quite a lot for getting people to click on that thing, and that's how advertising works, and that's how a lot of these papers work. But I don't think they're doing it to create worry. I think they're just so desperate for clicks and uh i think the chronicle aren't as bad as that i think they're actually yeah i think they're actually a lot better than get Reading at covering it uh covering reading at the moment which is hard to believe i don't think i would have said that uh for quite a few years so no good luck to them they're actually uh well worth following i think at the moment thanks for the question nathan So what do I think is going to happen this week at Fulham? I think that we're going to lose that game 2-1. I think we're going to take an early lead. And I think we're going to get hit by a couple of goals. But that'll be fine. We can turn that round at the Medeski Stadium. No problem at all. Obviously, I hope I'm uh, totally wrong, and we win 6-0. That would be quite nice. I'd uh, take that right now. Um... I asked on the vote what everyone was thinking about that on the Elm Park Rolls Twitter account. Uh, 32% think win, 28% think loss, and uh, 40% think draw. So really, you can't make your mind up what's going to happen, which is there, really. So if you want to have a look at some other videos from previous playoff games, Tranmere will be up by now, I think, and Wigan from when uh, Nicky Forster came on and completely demolished um them that was a lovely match i remember being in the uh, north stand now the Eamon and stand quite near the top for that one and uh, the atmosphere was immense i think that's one of the goals that's one of the goals i've most celebrated ever i i think i could speak for about 2 days after that match i think i went completely mental lost the plot and then uh, there was another match after that, which uh, never gets mentioned, doesn't it? It was uh, an ugly, ugly day. So I hope you've enjoyed this uh, podcast. And um, uh, if you've uh, enjoyed it, let me know. Give me some feedback. It's all appreciated. Any retweets, likes, it'd be... Uh, we can talk more about that holiday offered earlier in the time. I think we're getting to know each other a little bit. The relationship is building. You know, we don't need to play these games anymore. Okay. Cheers.